0: The 2022 State Fair Classic. Grambling State versus Prairie View A&M. Saturday, October 1st at the Cotton Bowl. One ticket gets you into the fair and the big game. Also, Grammy award winning. Ashanti Live. Then the classic kicks off at a new time. 6 p.m. New coaches. Old rivalry. And an iconic halftime battle of events. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Visit StateFairClassicFootball.com. Sponsored in part by City of Dallas. Dallas Sports Commission. McDonald's. Black and positively golden. Chevy. Cricket wireless. Methodist Hospital.
1: Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at HarlembeerNC.com. Sunset through windshield, I can see it now like a picture in a frame. In a frame. Oh. You've got it locked to the HBCU football jeans, daily, daily podcast for today, Wednesday, we August the 10th. I'm Donald Where We're rocking and rolling uh, with this podcast. It's week three. As a matter of fact, hope on Monday you enjoyed the conversation with Florida A&M head football coach Willie Simmons and on yesterday had a chance to catch up with Fayetteville State head football coach Richard Hayes. Right now you can see him if you're watching, of course, online. We're joined by Delaware State head football coach Rod Milstead in his fifth season. He is an alum of Delaware State as a matter of fact and the Hornets were five and six took a step forward uh, and as a matter of fact taking steps forward every year but took a, a I think a big step forward uh, in 2021 finishing uh, five and six as coach Milstead joins us here on the HBCU football daily podcast how are you coach Milstead? Dama, I'm
0: fantastic thanks for having me on your podcast.
1: Absolutely it's great to have you I got to start here I think I think that and I get it. I, I mean, I'm of the opinion that I think all of the teams will be improved in the MEAC this year. But I think teams are sleeping on you. They, they've got you picked to finish fourth with everything you've got coming back. If you look at what you did, especially in the second half of the season, I think it was absolutely tremendous. Big win over uh, Norfolk State. Y- your thoughts, and maybe not so much yours, you're an old school kind of coach, but maybe does your team feel some kind of disrespect in a way for only being picked to finish fourth with all you have coming back this year?
0: Well, they do. I mean, I I think it starts with me, and I was very vocal about that at the MEAC press conference, uh, letting everybody know uh, how I felt when I found out about it. But uh, we're excited. You know, we we can't make a living off of what people think about us. The games still have to be played on Saturdays. And, uh, you know, with with the guys that we have coming back, who have been in my system for a few years now. We feel like our maturity... And where we were, and because a lot of the guys that are coming back played at a young age, meaning they played as freshmen, some played as sophomores, and now we got a team that that's full of sophomores and juniors that have had a significant amount of playing time. So we feel pretty confident about what we're going to bring to the field this season.
1: Speak to last year. I mean, I think a, a, a pretty solid finish. You had some tough games. I mean, a loss to 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 in overtime to North Carolina Central, uh, where I believe you may have been in the race late. Uh, Norfolk state big win uh, after they had a big lead uh, play South Carolina state. Very tough. The eventual champs, just your thoughts on
0: 2021. Well, to recap, uh, uh, 2021, uh, I, I felt that, um, our immaturity is the things that hurt us. Uh, if you look at the Morgan state game, it's a Thursday night game, national TV within the first two minutes, we're down 14 to nothing. You know, big play, I think was the second game, second play of the game and they, they drop a bomb on us. Our defensive back slips, and, and they go. So uh, We had a lot of growing up to do last year. Played South Carolina State, played them close, and and uh, a game that could have gone either way. We were up. Uh, a drop pass down the sideline could have changed the shift the tide our way and put the win column on uh, for us. Uh, you look at Norfolk State, uh, a team that's up 26 to nothing at halftime. Uh, we go in and regroup and uh, decide that, you know what, we're going to make a game out of this thing, and we went at 28 to 26. So, the inconsistency, I think, is what we learned a lot about last year after we recapped and watched a lot of film. But uh, you figure out of uh, four out of the six losses, we're in overtime games. Game Two games were in overtime. So, uh, it, it could have gone either way. You know, North Carolina Central went back and forth. That game goes into overtime. Uh, they stop us. Uh, they go in and score. They win the football game. So, you know, we've learned a lot. Learning curve, and, and this year we're excited. We felt that we're much more mature, and uh, you know we got a quarterback that's coming back. First time since I've been here. We've had different quarterbacks every year, but Jared Lewis is coming back, and he's only going to be a junior. So we're excited about building our offense around him.
1: Twenty touchdowns to four interceptions for Jared Lewis on last year, which is which is really really good. I uh, you know I wanna I wanna ask you this. How hungry was your team? You, I, I, know you, I know your team had to feel like it left a lot or at least some on the table um, after last year. So how hungry was the team coming into the spring? What did you feel about the spring once it was done and how is camp going to this point?
0: Well, we're, well spring went well. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, that COVID bug bit us pretty tough. And uh, we had about 18 guys who uh, who tested positive for COVID the week of our, of our spring game. And so I, I decided to cancel that uh, due to health concerns for everybody. And uh, our, our guys were disappointed. But when they came back this summer, uh, guys were just chomping at the bit to go home. They went home for six weeks, and they were back here at Delaware State. They worked really, really hard. They haven't left. Uh, we opened up training camp, and it, and it was a lot. A lot different when we opened up training camp this year, A few last week, uh, seeing the guys uh, in shape, ready to work, excited about practice, excited about being at Delaware State, and excited about competing for a championship this year. Uh, training camp, day three is in the books. Uh, we had a chance to do our conditioning test, 16 110 something I got uh, from the Dallas Cowboys my freshman, my, my rookie year, and I've uh, adopted it here. And uh, our guys have been practicing and, and working on that all summer long. And uh, it was good to see uh, them understand that if you put the hard work in, okay, you can accomplish something. And that was the first goal right there of uh, conquering those 16 110s. But you got to prepare for it. The same thing if you want to be in a celebration bowl, you got to prepare for it. Every week, it leads up to something that has a purpose, it has a meaning, every practice. And if we continue to practice the way we train this summer for those 16 110s, then we'll be successful this season.
1: Rod Milstead in his fifth season as the head football coach at Delaware State joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Let's talk about Jarrett Lewis. I mentioned the 20 touchdowns to four interceptions. What did you see from him in the spring and what have you seen so far uh, from him in camp? And What what did you feel like some of the things he needed to work on to kind of take things to, to an even higher level?
0: I think the biggest thing with Jared last year, uh he had to prove himself that he's a division 1 quarterback. I think in the back of his mind he knew it, but he had to go out there and physically do it. Uh throwing 20 touchdowns uh was a big leap for him and uh, only to force interceptions. Uh I felt that his name should have been mentioned uh and, uh with one of the all conference teams unfortunately uh, it, it wasn't picked, so he was very disappointed about that. He felt that he had done enough to be at least on one, two, or the third team, uh, but he, he, he didn't. He didn't get picked, so uh, he's eager to, to showcase his talents, pick up from where he left off uh, last year. He has a host of receivers that surrounding him. Uh, he has he has stepped up to the plate, become a more vocal leader. Something we tried to get him to do that last year, but we, he was surrounded by you know a, a few handful of, of, of seniors that uh, took that vocal part of his game away from them because they were vocal in what they were doing. Uh, now they're no longer here. Uh, he has to step up. He's the vocal leader. He is the, the the engine that makes our offense run. So we're excited. We put pieces around him. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to, to him having a real breakout season. He's having a phenomenal camp. And just in the first three days, he's, he's made some some unbelievable throws. I told him, don't use them all up. We got to save some of them starting in September.
1: Yeah, no, no question. Speak to some of the guys that are stepping up. I mean, you, you know, Trey Gross losing Trey Gross is huge, you know, f- for you. But I mean, I know, you know, there are some other guys that you're expecting big things from in 2022.
0: You know, losing Trey Gross is is a, uh, a big impact to our offense. But one thing Trey did, Trey was a, a very good uh, a senior. He was a teacher. He would sit down and and work with the younger guys to make sure that this train continued to roll. And those guys watched, watched Trey's work ethic and what he did day in and day out. And it's so good to see these guys that came back are doing the exact thing, same things that he was doing when he was here, coming in early, watching film, uh, uh, staying on the field, running extra sprints. Anything they can do to help themselves be better is going to help our team be better. And so Trace left a legacy here on what it takes to be a wide receiver. Every ball that's in the air, it's your ball. And that's what he kept saying. Every ball that's in the air is coming your way. It's your ball. you got to bring it home. And he did that. He led by example. And his senior year, he was first team all-conference. So uh, I think Jared uh, sees it now that uh, uh, we've increased our team speed. Uh, We have uh, some faster receivers. um, And and Bazette Woodley, we're looking for him to have a breakout year. His freshman year, he did really, really well. Uh, Last year, he kind of sat behind Trey and Kwame But we're looking for him to have a real breakout year uh, uh, this year and be one of our go-to he's six. I mean, when you're and six, ten six, 210 pounds, uh, uh you, you should be able to get the ball, you know, high, high pointed and everything else. So we're looking for him. Uh, Jairus Halsey, a young man that came to us from, uh, Wesley college that folded, which is right down the street. Uh, I had a great conversation with him. I just said, Hey, Wesley, when Wesley got you, they got a steal because in my opinion, you're a division one player who played a division three school. Now you get to showcase your talent as division one and he has stepped up. I mean, this summer was unreal for him. Uh, him and uh, Devin Curry, both of them came from Wesley. Uh, both of these guys are, are 4-4 guys, uh, can stretch the field, uh, made some big catches for us last year, um, I was really questioning if if they were Division One, if they could play with the bigger, stronger, faster, had some success. Now they are the seniors, so they have been very vocal about what they do and how they do it, and uh, demanding that everybody be great because they realize this is their last year. You know, we got a host of young players uh, surrounding them with uh, uh, um, Connor Blunt Foster and, and Nico Stout. Both of those guys are redshirt freshmen. They both, uh, Nico runs a, a, a 4 4. I think Connor's a 4 5. So we've increased our team speed and we went out and recruited uh, uh, some speed. Avari Marshall, a kid out of Florida, uh, that's a 4 3. Raheem Smith, that's a 4 3 kid. Uh, so we wanted to get faster, wanted to be able to stretch the field. We felt that that was one part of our game that was missing last year. We had big possession receivers with Trey Gross and Quanticale. Now we got guys that can go get it. We can throw the deep ball, and Jared is excited about that.
1: You know, Savion Wilkerson was your main ball carrier uh, last year. Who? And uh, he's not with you this year, I believe. If I'm if I'm correct about that, or is he? Is he? Is he not? No, no, Savion's
0: not with us, and uh, we wish Savion well. We heard, I heard he's at Jackson State. Uh, has to sit out this year uh, because he's already transferred twice to Division One school. So, wish Savion the best. Uh, he has dreams of his own, uh, and we have dreams as Delaware State University. Uh, the running back uh, 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 person or persons uh, is probably one of the least uh, of my worries of our football team, where we had a guy who carried the ball thirty sometimes, uh, almost a game. Uh, now we do it by committee. We have five or six backs that can do it. Uh, we're excited about that. Wade Inge, who was really, really strong, who spared uh, Savion last year. Uh, Marquise Gillis. Uh, Michael Chris Icke, uh, who's 6'3", 215 pounds. He runs a 4'3". Thomas – he's Canadian. Thomas Bertrand, who Uh He's a young man that had a, a – a two years ago in, in, in 19, had a very, very good season. Um, but uh, tours Achilles. Uh, in twenty and uh uh we used him very sparingly. well we didn't use him at all uh in in twenty one so uh he's back and so uh we're we're excited about our about our running back core. Those guys have really stepped up, and you know my question to them was like who's gonna be the man this year, and everyone's fighting for time and and they all look good, so at the running back spot, we're beyond the best to him, but uh we're gonna be okay to run the ball, and plus you already know I'm an old line guy. We're we're, going to run the ball, okay? As long as we open up holes, we can get somebody who who runs a five flat and get through them.
1: (laughs) You know, I was just getting ready to ask you about the line. I mean, so if I look at, you know, a guy like a Dylan Marshall, who's your center, or a Brandon Bradford, uh, one of your offensive, both were preseason, uh, all MIAC uh, second team selections. To your point, uh, great offensive lineman when you played at Delaware State, winning championships, one of the best in the country, in all of college football, when you played, is is the offensive line now in your image? Are you still building it that way?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy, uh, but I'm really, really blessed. Uh, Dylan Marshall is my nephew, wow. and so he's at since birth. Uh, he, he's probably sat in the shadows of, of of Rob Milstead and now Coach Milstead. So it's good to see. Uh, him take that position and make it his own. Uh, I'm very proud of him, uh, but he's excited. Uh, this is an opportunity for him to put his name on the uh, all-conference board that we have, have here at Delaware State next to his uncles, and I, I, will be, I will be honored to to place his name up there. But it starts with him. It starts with our center um, uh, uh, being an extension of the quarterback, which is the extension of the offensive coordinator. So um, he's done a very good job of, of coordinating the offensive line uh, Sam Pearson is coming back. He got hurt uh, last year. He's back with us. Um, we have a lot of uh, young uh, offensive linemen that uh, played in four games last year. Uh, uh, Isaiah Cook was a young man that started against Central last year, uh, got a taste of it, came back thirsty uh, this offseason. Uh, uh, Dia Dua is a young man who is a redshirt uh, freshman uh, that played in four games last year as well. He's 6'5", about 285, 290 that can run. Um, just doing some things that I'm watching on film the last couple of days that reminds me of the old Rob Milstead, you know, making a block, ball is thrown, they're running downfield trying to get a second, third block, trying to spring somebody for a touchdown. So they're really carrying the, the mentality of, of what it takes to be a Delaware State offensive lineman, uh, gritty, nasty, may not be very big, but quick, strong and with a lot of grit. So I'm excited to watch those guys' progression. And then we brought in some uh, some transfers as well. Tavion Hobson came in, um, and, and he's doing a phenomenal job the first three days. Uh, just brings a different dynamic, uh, a nastiness to our offensive line. So I- I'm excited to see those guys uh, every single day. And, uh, you know, today was one of those good practices early this morning. We, we meet at 7, so I get a chance to watch them uh, uh, watch themselves on film tonight.
1: Rod Millstead is the head football coach at Delaware State. He joins us here on the program. This defense is going to be really, really good. I mean, Isaiah Williams is one of the best plays defensive line for you. Mr. Guthrie in the secondary, um, you know, first-team all-conference guy. Uh, and, and Williams as well. Talk about that defense and those two guys in particular.
0: Uh, defense hasn't changed, okay? And, and I think I made that point at our – our MEAC press conference, you know, we got the number one defense coming back uh, in the MEAC. Uh, those guys are just unbelievable. You're talking about the leadership. The, the team leaders for our football program are on defense. Uh, just their camaraderie, the way they practice, the way they run to the ball. Everybody wants to be the guy who makes the play. Uh, was watching the other day and, And Kamari Jackson saw the quarterback pull the ball. He breaks on it. But then Ronald Holmes uh, sees the same thing, and he attacks the quarterback and tags off for probably about a second before Kamari gets there. And and they almost argue uh, because Kamari wanted to get there first. And when you see that type of competitive spirit about guys uh, fighting to make the tackle, fighting to, to make the play, and it's not just them. you got secondary with the Sayers Guthrie. Uh, I mean, who can write a better story, a a, a freshman uh, uh, who starts for you, you know, uh, gets a host of interceptions and becomes first team all-conference, first team uh, uh, freshman All-American. I tease them all the time. I said, listen, the only way you can be better than your head coach, you got to get four times first team all-conference. Okay, you got freshman All-American. You got to make the All-American, real All-American, Walter Camp, FCS All-American team. And then... You can have that set. He said, Coach, you talked about that uh, during my recruiting trip. And that's what he's shooting for. So I'm excited for him, uh, just trying to uh, get him to understand that when you get these accolades and you get these awards, you got to live up to them every year. So you got to take your game to the next level. And he's working really, really hard. He's He's got a coach's mentality. His mindset is something that I haven't seen uh, in a long time uh, from a young man. His mindset, he can see things. Before they happen, he predicts, he watches film. Uh, he's a student of the game. Reminds me a lot of what Deion Sanders did when I was with the 49ers. Walked around uh, with a, uh, this portable uh, DVD disc man, and Deion would watch uh, the opponent before games, always carrying around watching opponents. And Assayas reminds me a lot of, of his approach to the football game. Now, he doesn't have Deion Sanders' talent, not yet. OK, but his approach to the football game, being a student of the game, reminds me a lot of what Deion did when I was with the 49ers. Isaiah Williams, I can't say enough about him. His brother plays for the Colts. That's been his biggest motivation. Um, his summers, uh, he decides to go out to Indianapolis and, and, and work out uh, with, with his brother. And of course, his brother has a lot of teammates there. And Isaiah got a chance to showcase his talent against uh, professional athletes and, and hold his own. Okay, and so that's pretty big. That's a big confidence booster coming to the Miag. If you've been working out with pro athletes all summer long and they're telling you that you have what it takes uh, uh, to to possibly get to that next level, his confidence level and the way he's reconstructed his body, he's vegan now. Uh, He's cut out a lot of fat. He's just about 280 pounds of straight muscle. He looks phenomenal. Uh, His attitude is can't be blocked. He's very um, he's very soft spoken. Uh, he's not flamboyant. If you ask him a question, he'll tell you. But one thing that he's not going to tell you, and I'm going to share it, but uh, he, uh, he was part of a production that won an Emmy Award. And wow. uh, I'm so proud. It was my story. Um, uh, Once a Hornet, always a Hornet. You'll find it on YouTube. Uh, but uh, we won the first HBCU Sports Emmy. Uh, it was a grant for $40,000. And when they asked me to be a part of the production, I told him, you know, hey, I'd love to. So my part was real small. Their part and what Isaiah did and his voice is the first voice you hear when you hear the production. Uh, but he has a future off the field uh, in, in Mass Comm. Um, but I got a feeling he's he probably going to be playing a lot of football in the next couple of years after this. He's to me, he, he's one of the best, if not the best, uh, D tackle or D however you want to label him in FCS. He's 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 pretty darn special.
1: Yeah. No, congratulations. That's, that is absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, it's interesting you mentioned once a Hornet, all are always a Hornet. So I want to get what are your uh, what are your fondest memories of your playing days or your days at Delaware State? And what does it mean to be the head coach at your alma mater where, you know, the, the program was down, It was down for quite some time. And you're coming in and and turning things around.
0: Well, Donald, the biggest thing is that I asked that the university buy into what I was selling. Okay, it wasn't going to happen overnight. It was going to take some time. And all I asked them was to give me some time to turn this thing around. First of all, we had to recruit Hornets. Okay, the type of guys that fit the mold of what it takes to be a Delaware State University football player. That means you got to be a good citizen first, a good student. And then third part, you got to be a good football player. OK, when you get those three dynamics together, you got something special. It took us a while to, to, to kind of change that around uh, because there were so many younger guys that were here left from the last administration. And I understand. I played this game long enough and been around this game long enough. When a coach and a coaching staff recruit you, your loyalty is to that coach and coaching staff because they saw something in you. They gave you an opportunity to be at the location you're at right now. And then here comes a new guy, OK, who has credentials like Rob Milstead, okay? But Rob Milstead doesn't know me. Is he going to bring his own people in? Is he going to get rid of me? There's so many questions. And then the transport portal opens up, okay, which gives guys an opportunity to take off who didn't want to be here. Uh, We have about four guys left from Coach Carter's administration, okay? And if you look at the mathematics, all four guys bought into what Rob Milstead was selling. All four of those guys are starters. That's Kamari, Kamari Jackson, Jawan Granger, Isaiah Williams, and Dylan Marshall. Okay? So those guys have bought into what I was selling. And they realized that the philosophy that I preach every single day, okay, with hard work, dedication, commitment, okay, that, that you too can be an all-conference performer. You too can 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 take your your game to another level. And third, you can take your team and help them win a championship. And I really believe that we have the firepower this year uh, uh, to win this MIA championship.
1: Your thoughts on the schedule, It's it's uh, is it a uh, three of your first four, four of your first five are at home. And it it seems to set up nicely uh, to begin MEAC play.
0: Well, Don, we're excited about that. When, uh, you know, I do the scheduling and uh, uh, I've set it up to, to where uh, the school uh, has believed in me to allow me uh, to be creative in in how we set our schedule. Um, I I want the first game to be a game where everyone can play and, 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 and hopefully, you know, i are not taking anything away from Lincoln University, but uh, it's a game that, that we feel pretty confident about, and uh, uh, we feel that it's at home. Uh, our second game is up the street against uh, uh, the University of Delaware, which is in Delaware, of course. Okay, and then we we come back home with Virginia Lynchburg. it be our third game, and then I believe the fourth game is Merrimack, and then the fifth one is Robert Morris, but we never leave the state in the first five weeks. We're, we're, we're here in, in Delaware, and then you know um, that six week is is a, a bye week, uh, and then we start at play from that point on. Okay, we go to Howard, uh, we go to Norfolk, and we go to South Carolina State. Everybody else comes to us, and then our last game is Campbell at home. So you know, eight games in the state of Delaware—that's not bad on eleven-game schedule. Okay, so I'm extremely excited. I don't think there's any other team, probably in the country or any other team in FCS, that has eight home—I mean, eight games in their state. Um, And and we're very, very blessed to have that. So uh, it's a schedule that's that's very uh, competitive, but it also gives us a a great opportunity to be successful.
1: No, you're right. I mean, in an 11-game season, you're you're fortunate to get six games at home. You've got seven plus one in the state, as you mentioned. Uh, Last thought, your time in the National Football League, what do you remember most? Of course, you were a Super Bowl champ as well.
0: Uh, You know, the Super Bowl was awesome. Uh, I will never, uh, that, that has to be the pinnacle. Uh, And and the reason why is that, uh, you know, I got to, to, to San Francisco uh, the same day that Deion Sanders and the same day that Charles Mann from the Washington football team or Washington commanders or Redskins back then got, got to the team. It's kind of crazy because Charles Mann uh, (laughs) is, and was my mother's favorite player. And so it was an honor to be able to play with him. My mom just was in awe <laughs> that she got a chance to 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 see uh, him up close, uh, take pictures with him, and the whole night. And then being there with with Deion Sanders, I got a chance to see a different side of him that most people don't see. Deion doesn't cuss, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't do any of those things. He's very uh, family oriented, uh, very deeply rooted Christian guy um, that uh did a lot to antics or did a lot of performances because that's what the media and that's what people wanted. Okay. When he was doing those things, he was getting paid for it and getting paid well by these different companies uh for supporting him. So I got a chance to see different personalities in the NFL. But uh the Super Bowl year probably uh ranks up there at, at the top because it taught me how to be a pro. It taught me how to practice, practice fast without pads, how to preserve your body and that if you don't win a championship, then your season's a bust, which I've never thought of it that way. But they are 1,000% correct. Only one team wins a championship. If you look at the Miag, that was South Carolina State. Everybody else, season was a bust. I know people don't want to talk about it, but if you came in second, then you're just the first loser. You came in third like we did, we're the second loser. <laughs> okay, so it's just that's just reality of it. It's only going to win one champion. And that's the special part, being that champion, winning that ring – for 365 days, you're the guy. No one else is better than you, either in your conference or from that part, you know, in, in the world, you know, when I won a Super Bowl. But uh, I would say the next best thing was being able to come back home and play for the Washington, my hometown, Washington uh, Redskins at that time. Now they the commanders. Um, that was pretty special because that's when all my family and friends and my parents were able to watch me play as a pro. Not just one game, but every game that we played at home. Uh, my parents were there and uh, it, it felt great uh, seeing that they were there in college. My mom was there in high school. And so it was a pretty darn special being able to come back home, live in the house that I bought, okay, not just for six months, but for an entire year and uh, and, and be able to do the job that I love to do. So that was a pretty special time in my life as well.
1: Rod Milstead, five seasons as the head football coach up in Dover at Delaware State, the Hornets Going to open the season on Saturday, September 3rd at home against Lincoln of Pennsylvania. Coach Mills, this has been great, man. Appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Hornets this season.
0: Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for this opportunity. God bless you, Don. I know we'll be talking soon. I'm
1: not saying that I'm perfect, dokes girl, you know I'm not. But I love you with everything I got. Give you my best shots.